welcome to another Top of the Table interview. Join us as we hear stories and advice from MDRT Top of the Table qualifiers. Welcome to Top of the Table, where we talk with MDRT court and Top of the Table qualifiers about how they got where they are. I'm Sandy Chassel. I coach advisors who want to get to the top of their profession in less time with less struggling. And uh, this is Top of the Table, uh, which is one way that I and the leaders that agree to sit down with me try to bring value to advisors who are on their own journey to the top. My guest today, Tom Love, has been in the insurance business for over 40 years and has spoken at not one, but two MDRT conferences. Tom is an independent agent at Encore Financial Group out of Nashville, who's been honored many times as a top producer at Ohio National, who's qualified for top of the table. He also mentors over 40 advisors throughout the country through a program that he founded called the Breakaway League, and we're going to be talking a little bit about that. Tom has created a highly interactive workbook that I've been playing with that employs scanning with QR with the QR app on your phone. Uh, it's called the EOS, What Do You Do for a Living? And the subtitle is, Does It Really Matter How You Answer This Question? And I'm just so intrigued. Welcome, Tom. Oh, it's glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Listen, well, there are a lot of places I could start here, but I'd like to go back to how you started in the business. As I look at your profile, what I see is that you were already working for the money group when you were still at Ferris State University in, in 79. And I saw that your courses were all focused basically on business and insurance. Uh, what gave you the insurance bug? Well, it's, it's kind of interesting. I, I went to school to become an accountant. And um, prior to that, my father had just retired from the Marine Corps and wanted another career. So he decided to work at that time with Mutual of New York. And I would come home from school and see someone really excited on one week and then the following week, be so disgusted, and it's the same job. So I said, what career could give you so, such a dynamic difference between euphoria and upset that that's, that would be your life? So I decided to take a couple of insurance classes as a freshman, and we had a professor who was retired State Farm agent who, I, I just fell in love with this guy. He was so dynamic in the way that he spoke and what he was saying. I changed my major. So when I graduated from college on Saturday, I started to work for Mutual of New York the following Monday. I've never interviewed for a job. I've never been told when to take a vacation. I have been 100% entrepreneurial all of my life. I, I couldn't imagine being in corporate America today. Yeah. So how was it for you in the beginning? Did you have the same ups and downs? Oh, gosh, yes. Yes. Um, now, I entered the business. I got my license in 78. And I was in Flint, Michigan, where in 1982, the unemployment rate topped 26%. Now, my father was, was working with veterinarians because at the time, Mutual of New York had the American Veterinarian Medical Association. And as you probably are aware, even if the economy is bad, you're going to take FIDO to the vet. So his clientele did not experience the drop in economic downturn that my, 
mine did. I had four potential clients. One was laid off. Two were afraid they were going to be next. And the fourth didn't need me. So I moved from Flint, Michigan to Dayton, Ohio. And here was my first lesson. They had 13% unemployment and they were asking me, why would I move here? And I said, here's everything is relative. I left 26% unemployment and this is good news. And yet these people were looking at 13 thinking, oh, this is horrible. No, this was a breath of fresh air. And being in a new environment, I was able to sort of semi reinvent myself. Yeah, so you started out, how did you get the first business? You were in a new place. How did I get my first what? Your first business, you were in a new place. And how did you, what did you do to get clients? Well, we were all, we're all products of our environment and just the atmosphere of the group that I was with versus the atmosphere of the group that I left. It was much more invigorating, much more exciting. I would keep my relationships back in Flint and I would drive once a month back up to Flint and I would do more prospecting and be more successful in the week that I was there than when I lived there for the whole month. So again, that was a lesson for me on being effective, not just being working and, and not, not uh, being busy. It's the efficiency of, of work. It's not the level of work. Yeah. What I'm asking though is, um, did you cold call? Did you network? Did you, how did you get the business? Yes. Um, I'd never cold called. I did it once and it worked and I quit using it, which is very typical of the people in our business. Just happened to stop in on a strip mall, walked inside and just asked one of the ladies that owned the florist. I asked her some questions. She said, yes, we sat down, she bought it. And I said, man, that was too nerve wracking. I'm not gonna do that again. So, so I, I was very fortunate that I, I was building advocates and didn't even know it. I was building pe- people who were following me and supporting me that I would, I would still have to use an orphan lead every once in a while, but most of my business came from word of mouth and, and um, just working with people. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I talk a lot about natural market and referrals and things like that. And it sounds like word of mouth marketing was what you used and it worked for you. Was MDRT on the radar at all? Or was it, you know, something that just happened? How did you get involved with MDRT? I, I was fortunate that when I, my first job, I was in, in an agency where we had two top 50 agents. So I was always well-respected because I wrote a lot of applications and, and they're instilling upon me very early in my career, activity is more important than results. So to, to get exposed to that type of, of environment was, was, was really beneficial for me because I always felt like I was bringing value added and they were always talking about MDRT. Now, to, to date myself, at that time, the million dollar round table took $1,666,000 of production. Wow. So <laughs> today it's, it's based on income, but that back then it was based on the face amount. And we do, our group does $10 million of premium in a year. Mm. That's not face amount. Right now, my face amount in force is $1,349,000,000 of, of death benefit that I have placed over just the last 11 to 12 years. Yeah, that's amazing. So you make it to the MDRT and do you think, I mean, some people don't think about quarter of the table, top of the table at all. Some people make it a goal. A lot of the people that I work with, that's the goal. I want to get to court. I want to get to top. Where you know, you court, court of the table just seems so far away. Top of the table seems so far away. 
when I first learned the strategy that we employ today, I was really, really excited about teaching people how truly wealth works rather than simply chasing rates of returns. And when I looked at how valuable life insurance is when the tax code is affecting it, not about the rate of return, life insurance is, eh, who cares? But the way the tax code treats it, it's absolutely unmatchable. So when I finally started to realize the impact that this could have on my client's ability to retire without a tax burden or minimizing that tax burden, I went to my general agent and I said, I, I want to make a million dollars this year. Now, I, now, to put this into perspective, though, Sandy, the, the, the county that I lived in at the time, the gross family income was $26,000 a year. Wow. So when I said to my GA, I want to make a million dollars, you know, his question is why? And <laughs> I couldn't, it's not because of a standard of living. It's because to me, it was a challenge. I think I can. I think I can. And we set out uh, 10 years ago to actually make this come to fruition. And there have been some events that have happened, which I'm sure we'll get to here in a minute, but there were some events that were happening in the meantime that, that really brought clarity to me and painted a roadmap for me to be able to achieve this. Now I can't imagine not being at top of the table every year for the rest of my life. Yeah, I, that's so important that the mindset is there. Uh, tell me about those things that you said we're gonna get to in a minute. The what things now? The things you said we're going to get to, you know, the, the things that I, that I went through along the way. Um, and you said, we'll probably get to those in a minute. What yeah. were you talking about? It was in 2013 that my son introduced me to Simon Sinek. And it was in 2013 that I was introduced to my business coach. And it was in 2013 that I read the book, The Challenger Sale. Now, for, to me, this was a perfect trifecta. My son turns me on to Simon Sinek, his 18-minute, four-second video, Start With Why. And he's not the first author to use even how why is so important. But the way that he delivered the message just absolutely mesmerized me, and I copied down every single word he spoke over those 18 minutes. To give you the power of that message, my income has almost quadrupled since 2013. Because what 2013 did is it, it showed me how Having something to say was much more important than prospecting. To me, that's when my life became easy because it was the clarity that these three events happened that, that gave me the focus on how to have such a powerful impact. So there's two quotes in Simon Sinek's 18 Minutes that have changed my life. And one of them is, people don't care what you do. They want to know why you do it. And what you do simply proves what you believe. But in our country, we don't ever ask in a social setting, why do you do what you do? It's always, what do you do? And as soon as I recognized, I will never, ever answer with a what, because the what will automatically give you this, this preconceived notion of everything bad that could happen with that, that um, example. I now lead with the words, I believe. And when I share with you what I believe, I can watch your body language. And if I follow along that you're intrigued by what I am telling you, I'm going to stick around. If I find that by sharing with you what I believe, you could care less, I'm going to change the subject like, oh, look, there's a squirrel. <laughs> and I move on. So, but, so, but here's the point. In 15 seconds, I can determine if I have someone who believes what I believe. Not 15 days, not 15 months, 15 seconds. And so it, it always amazes me when I go around the country and I teach the explanation of services, 
it, 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 it blows me away. I'll ask in the audience, how many people did you see last week? And of course, as salespeople, we go to our appointment book and we grab the appointment book and we shout out a number. I saw 15 people last week. That wasn't my question. My question was, how many people did you actually see? You had appointments with 15. What if I could teach you how you could have intellectual conversation with the 300 that you did see? So you could identify the 200 who would have wasted your time and you've identified the 100 who believe what you believe. Because if I can show you how standing in line at a coffee shop, you can engage in conversation with somebody and know within 10 seconds if they believe what you believe, you will now go around hoping somebody asks you, what do you do for a living? And there's three parts to a good explanation of services. There's a statement of fact, beginning with the words, this is what I believe. There's an example of what you've done for somebody else. And then there's a question, if I could do the same thing for you, what's keeping us from doing business? So if I could, do you mind if I give you mine? I was going to put you on the spot and ask you to do that. <laughs> All right. So, so here is, Tom, what is it you do? I have never had more fun in my life than I'm having right now. I'm teaching the average American the difference between how truly wealth will work and simply chasing rates of returns and identifying the inefficiencies in what we do with our money every single day. On, a, on average, last year, our firm found over $58,000 per household in wealth that was slipping through their hands because they didn't understand how taxes, fees, or interest actually works. Now, if I sat down with you and in 20 seconds identified just $10,000 that you were losing, would you want it back? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I made an appointment. Yeah. Now, if, but, if I'm, but Sandy, in all honesty, if I'm giving this to you and you think I'm a bloviating idiot, that I'm, I'm just spewing crap, yeah. I can change the subject. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the buyer here. This, and this is the second thing that I learned in 2013 was a book from my coach, The Person of Interest, How to Become a Person of Interest. And, and, and the takeaway from that is if my message is strong enough, I will offend somebody. If my message to attract is really what I believe, I will identify people who don't believe what I believe almost instantly. And I know you're gonna cut this out, but let me give you two examples. I might not, go, <laughs> go right ahead. I'm sitting next to a person in first class because that's how I fly anymore. And the person, and I don't really engage in conversation. I, I would rather put on my headphones and listen to Yanni. But before I could put my headphones on, the person next to me goes, what do you do for a living? Now, I don't recommend you do this. I looked at him, smiled, pointed my finger at him, and I said, I teach people just like you how to accumulate as much wealth as you want off the radar screen of the IRS for income tax purposes using the tax code. And I go to put my headphones back on and he leans forward and he goes, what? <laughs> and, I, and I start smiling and I said, I've never had more fun. <laughs> I'd like to show people how for once in their life, they can use the Internal Revenue's tax code guidelines, rules, and regulations on how to accumulate as much wealth as you want and never have to file an income tax return if you know how to use it. And he goes, my God, would you teach me? And I said, no. Uh -huh. Now, I had just written the book, The EOS, The Explanation of Services, and I wanted to prove to myself, today, Sandy, I would have taken him as a client.
but I wanted to prove to myself that having something to say was more important than prospecting. I'm sitting next to somebody I don't know, and he's asking me to do business. And I said, please, sir, don't take offense to this. I don't have individual clients anymore. And at that time, I didn't. I was building the, the breakaway league. Today, I would have taken him that, that client. And, and, and he said, why not? And I said, because all of my clients are actually financial advisors. As a matter of fact, I'm flying to Fort Lauderdale to teach 27 financial advisors how to help their clients not file a tax return. And he goes, funny you should say that. I have seven people flying in coach with me. Of course, they're in coach. And four of them are financial advisors. Would you share it with them? And I said, well, heavens no. No. <laughs> yeah. And he looked at me and goes, you're not going to share it with me? And I said, unfortunately, no. And he said, Tom, let me tell you who I am. Now, I'm not stupid, Sandy. He said, I sell every federal penitentiary their security system. I looked at him and smiled. I said, you're worth a lot of money. And he goes, yes, I am. I said, this would be perfect for you. And you're not going to share it with me. No, sir, I'm not. Now, he followed me to baggage claim wanting a business card. Here's my point. I'm sitting next to somebody I don't know. I'm not prospecting at all. The person asks a question of me, and I have somebody so engaging, he's following me, begging for a business card. I would consider that to be a good day. Now, I'm going to flip the coin for a minute. I'm going to give you another good day. You wouldn't probably think it was, yet I think it was great. I'm sitting next to a woman who is, has a diamond, a solitary diamond on her finger that is the size of a quarter. She's dressed to the nines. We're flying to Dallas. We're going to meet our group in Dallas for a quarterly meeting. We're on the tarmac trying to find a gate. Now, her flight, she's flying to Tokyo. She's going to speak to the American Women's Conference or the World Organization of Women. They held a 777 for 45 minutes until she could find a gate. Now, no. Afterwards, I have Googled this woman, and she's a billionaire. But we start talking on the way down. We start talking about impacts and things that have been important in our lives, and I start mentioning how important Simon Sinek has been to me. And she goes, I know Simon. I said, you know him personally? She says, I don't know him personally, but I know where he lives. I know of him. And she said, what did you find so fascinating about him? She said, the man helped me find my why. And she smiled, and she said, what's your why? Sandy, I thought I nailed it. I thought I killed it. Listen to what I said and, and, and watch the reaction. I want to teach every United States taxpaying citizen the difference between how wealth will work versus simply chasing rates of returns. So that if they simply understood what it is that I already know, they could retire and not have to file a tax return. And she looked at me within 10 milliseconds, smiled and said, what if we don't mind paying taxes? <laughs> now, now, Sandy, you know, we laugh because here's what I would have done five years ago. Uh -huh. The size of the diamond on her hand, her net worth told me I should be chasing this woman. I would have found her address. I would have sent her a box of chocolates. I would have sent her a leather bound binder of every product and service I can offer, hoping to get some business. And instead, I just, I, completely, I, I politely said, we're just not a good fit. Now, do you think for a minute I would have had a prospect there? No. She didn't care. Oh. So, so for what I believe, I am yeah. not going to bastardize myself to change who I am to appease someone I may not even want as a client. That's the power of having something to say rather than buying a list of rich, stupid people thinking that you can 
turn them over quickly by just selling them something. I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to do that anymore. So the second thing was Coach Burt's book, Person of Interest. Right. Stop chasing. Become attractive. Stand for something. Give us what you believe. And the third thing that, that really has is, is, is affected my life has been the book, The Challenger Sale by Adams and Abelson. And these two authors um, basically were, were doing a, a, a review of the worst economic downturn of 2008, 2009. And of the five personality traits, the relationship builder, the lone wolf, the problem solver, the, um, uh, let's see, the, the challenger sale. Okay, relationship builder, lone wolf, problem solver, challenger. Oh, there's another one. But they went into this with the idea that the relationship builder would once again prove that by having the good one-on-one -on -one relationship, they would, they would be responsible for getting their clientele out of the worst economic downturn in our lifetime. They finished last. Yeah. The number one personality was actually the challenger. And I did not realize this at the time, but I would start my conversations by saying, I'm going to challenge everything you do. I'm going to challenge what you believe. And then I'm going to ask you some questions. And based on those answers, I'm going to prove that what you believe is the exact opposite of what you're doing. Now, I didn't know I was doing that. I, I just, I love debate. I love, I love an honest debate. Well, that's today. That's why your clients have changed the way they're buying. You may not have changed the way you sell. But if you don't understand that clients are looking for problems that they need solved rather than some solution you think they need to hear. And when you put all these three things together, man, I'm telling you, I've never had more fun doing this. And there is so much clarity in what I'm doing. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful what you do. Tell me about the Breakaway League. The Breakaway League is a group of agents around the country that are interested in learning this strategy on uh, how to build wealth off the radar screen of the IRS for income tax purposes. And what we do is not proprietary. There's, there's thousands of people that, that bank on yourself, that, that use this, some of the principles that we use, but how we do it is very proprietary. We do not sell. We basically tell a client, here's where you are, and here's where you'll end up. Most people don't know where they're even going to end up. I'll give you an example. In the state of California, when you retire, you could be paid sixth. If you're in Connecticut, you could be paid sixth. I live in Tennessee. I'll be paid fourth. Mm. But most people don't realize there's people standing in line in front of you. They're going to take your money first. Now, you built this account you thought was yours, and you find out you're going to be paid fifth. Does that bother you? <laughs> yeah. So when we, when we start asking questions, we ask permission then to engage in dialogue. So here's where you are, and you're building an account. These same people, by the way, hate debt. And they're proud of the fact their house is paid off and they don't have any credit card debt. Yet they're building an account they cannot calculate the debt they owe. It's called a qualified retirement plan. Yeah. And yet they're so proud of the fact they're debt-free, but they build the biggest debtor in the world, the Internal Revenue Service, at the most inopportune time of their life where they're forced by law to take a distribution. So if you understand what the rules of the game are while you're playing it and you want to stay there, I'm fine with that. But most people are bringing a hockey puck to a baseball diamond and saying, coach, put me in. They don't know what the effect is of what they're doing. So here's where you are. Here's where you're going to end up. Now, here's an alternative. Here's where you could end up. Which one would you like? And I really could care less which one you choose. Yeah. 
See, I'm, I'm out of the recommending, referral, chasing, proving business. I don't do that anymore. And when the Department of Labor came out with this fiduciary stuff that they're now trying to shove down our throat, I don't have any fiduciary responsibility. I'm not making a recommendation. My fiduciary is to fully educate people on how wealth works, which I do a great job of. We document it. We have them sign our notes. We get all of that done. And then the decision basically is yours. What would you like to do? Here's where you are. Here's what's happening. Does that bother you? Because if it does, I can help fix it. But you got to do it over here. Which one do you want to do? I know this sounds simple, but there's 50 people around the country that are in this group, and we're all trying to learn how to stop selling. And a couple of years ago, we had our quarterly meeting up here. I'm in northern Michigan right now. We had a quarterly meeting where the mantra was, the day you stop selling is the day your sales will triple. I love you that. just got to get out of the selling mode. Yes. The, the idea of chasing clients instead of saying, hey, I have something valuable here. If you want it, let me know. Uh, changes everything. And it looks like you've got that. So, so the league is people who are learning this from you and then applying it. Uh, I'm getting that. Uh, if someone wanted to join the league, how would they reach out to you? The first thing I would do is I'd go to our website and just kind of peruse around. Uh, it's called uh, thebreakawayleague.com, www.thebreakawayleague.com. We are also putting together a website, which will be up and running pretty soon. It's going to be called theprofessionalsforum.com. And in that will be, gosh, maybe even a link standing to your stuff. I'm, I'm trying to put this, this coordinated effort from people who want to give back. So, uh, for example, my CPA is going to have a, a, a link on there because my CPA is not a typical CPA. And I want people who are unique in their business and wanting to, uh, to help other people. Um, so either one of those ways, you'll find out a little bit about what we do, why we do it, how we do it. Because, again, how we do it is proprietary, not what we do. And your uh, workbook is on that site, I know, because I downloaded it. Uh, the workbook is, is uh, actually, it's, it's this close to being completed. Yeah. That is going to be also a link on the breakawayleague.com. But if you were to go right now to theexplanationofservices.com, theexplanationofservices, plural.com, all one word, you can pre-order the course on how to build an explanation of services. It's, it's, I've got the video shot. We're, doing a, we're finishing up the workbook right now as we speak. Well, all I can say is I tested it. Um, thank you for, for sending me the draft so that I could test it. And I put my iPhone up to the screen and it got me the podcast part of it, which is the part that you need. Uh, I think it's a great tool and I can't wait until you do launch it. And if you let me know, I'll let my subscribers know as well so that it'll be out there. Well, thank you. Up and running. And uh, I'm going to take a look at the pre-order site, too, and maybe we'll just get you some pre-orders because uh, I love what you talk about. I I've written articles on um, why elevator speeches are no good. And so uh, on, um, you know, one of my books is um, uh, Become a Client Magnet, How to Attract Clients Rather Than uh, pursue them. And I've written articles on that. And it's just so consistent with what I believe. And it's wonderful to hear somebody who's had your success uh, be talking about those concepts, because I really believe in the concepts. And I hope more people 
uh, take a look at what you're doing and, and um, join in what you're teaching them because I think it really is uh, about knowing what your why is uh, and being able to express it and then seeing if somebody wants to come along. Here's, here's what I'm doing. Are you interested? Um, and uh, while you were talking, it reminded me of um, one of the things that Van Mueller says. Do you have a relative at the IRS that you want to send money to? <laughs> so so that's, um, that's really good, consistent stuff. Uh, you mentioned a new website, and uh, I know that you and I talked about another book. You want to talk about that? I'm putting the finishing touches on a book, How to Turn Clients into Advocates. It's easier than you think. Um, and and the, the gist of the book is most people who will listen to your podcast have several advocates, hopefully at least one. But the interesting question that I ask when I go around the country teaching this is, how'd you get them? And they don't have a clue. They think it's because they wore the blue suit with the tan shoes or I drove the Bentley that day. But, and, and we've all experienced this, Andy, when we come back from an appointment and you've got a smile on your face and, and you say to your, your assistant, you know what? It's like I never, I, I, it's like I've known this guy all my life and I never separated from him or her. He knows me. We, we just clicked. Here's why you have an advocate. And I always challenge anybody in the, in the audience. When somebody asks you, what do you do for a living? Your, your eyes either go to the ceiling or to the floor because you're, you have no clue how to answer that question. And, and your clients, when you ask for a referral, are asking themselves, well, you can't even define what it is that you do. Who am I referring you to? Um, so your advocates, those people who will answer the question for you, if they're standing next to you, when you're asked, what do you do for a living? They start volunteering. And they'll even embellish a little. They'll start talking about things that you don't do. And you have to remind them, wait a minute, Joe, I don't do all of that. And their response is always the same. Yeah, but if you could, you would. But the interesting thing is, how'd you get this guy? It's really very simple. They understand your why better than you do. They've got your why better than you do. They can articulate why you do it, how you do it, to whom you do it with. And you're sitting here still trying to figure out who am I? And they have latched on to you and they want to see you succeed more than you do. So if we know now how to build an advocate, why don't we start from the beginning of every relationship Start exploring how can I build every client I have to become an advocate. It's easier than you think. And it all starts right here. What do you believe? Yeah, there's, there's a quote in my book from Dolly Parton that says, figure out what works and then do it on purpose. And it sounds like that's exactly what you're talking about. If you had to do this all over again, what would you do differently? Got to say that a little louder, Sandy. I'm sorry. We have to do this all over again. What would you do differently? I, if you weren't going to ask this question, I was going to volunteer it. Um, when I when I speak in a, in a big city, for example, I will ask, show of hands, how many people drove here? Well, everybody drives. And then the next question is, how many drove on an expressway? And if you're out in LA, everybody drives on an expressway. And then the next question is, how many times did you put on the blinker? How many times did you change lanes? Stop it. Get in a lane and own it. Stay in a lane and own it. Yeah. See, I don't care if you want to do Medicare. I don't care if you want to do long-term care. I don't care if you want to do life insurance, annuities, mutual. I don't care. But be the best you possibly could be in the lane that you're in. 
so that when somebody says, you know, I drove on XYZ lane, they think, ah, Tom Love is the guy I need to go talk to about that because he owns that lane. That's the best advice I could give anybody who's listening to this podcast. Yeah, I love that. You've given us so many things. I mean, when I go back through this, I'm just, I'm just amazed at how many things I remember that we talked about. If I'm someone who qualified for the MDRT and um, I want to know how to grow, how to get bigger, what advice would you give me? Looks like you froze here. Um, wow. Almost made it through a whole interview. <laughs> I mean, I, I get the else's um, advice is the day you're dead, is the day I'm very opinionated on what I believe and why I do it. I've also learned so much from people by just listening. Yeah, so you were saying listening is the thing that we don't do enough of. Yeah, we lost a uh, signal here. Right. Gonna have to clean this up a little. All of a sudden, your signal went dead, and I don't have you. Just try to say something. Always ask somebody for advice. Go back up there. Let's see where you are now. Um, you're still in the red. Is this better? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I just saw you. Okay. <laughs> You, you disappeared into the red zone. You hear me now? Don't hear me now. Do you hear me now? Okay, you try to come back in. Let me unmute you. Yeah, here I am. Okay, we are okay now? I don't know why you keep muting. Say something. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay now. Okay, okay. So, um, <laughs> Good. So, so the wrap up is what it sounds like you were saying was you need to listen. And uh, I don't know how often uh, I've had that discussion with people. Most of us are uh, waiting to talk listeners. We know what we want to say as they're talking and we don't listen to the rest of what they're saying. And um that's that's good advice. What else can you tell somebody? Well, well, two things. Um, I, I, my son is 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 very brilliant in this regard. He said, "Dad, advice is only accepted in one of two circumstances: when I ask for it, or when it's life threatening." So get out of the advice business of giving it to people who don't care. And the second thing that's really been impactful to me, there was a post on Facebook that said, most people listen to respond. To your point, most people listen to respond. You need to listen to understand. And I am the biggest abuser of that. And I tell my group, because I run an organization of 50 people, I've heard every objection known to man. I know what you really meant. And, and 99 times out of 100, it's really not what you meant. So I am really getting my legs cut out from under me by everybody in my group because I've asked them to, to hold me accountable. If I respond too quickly and I'm not understanding, call me out. Call me out because I need to listen to understand. But, but my point is when we're out there in the real world and if we truly do want to get better, then really you are in the advice seeking business. 
stop being so closed-minded and, and take and listen. You don't have to take their advice. Listen to them. So at least you can say, that impacts me, thank you, or you're a, a, a bunch of hot air. I'm not going to listen to anything you say. But don't stop listening. That's great. That's great advice. I want to thank you for your time. I want to thank you for some amazing advice and, and ideas. And I'm glad that you got to uh, talk a little bit about your book and about the Breakaway League. And I, I hope that um, uh, that has some impact on uh, my subscribers. And um, I, I'd love to stay in touch with you. Oh, please do. This is such a thrill and an honor. I, as you can tell, I'm a little bit passionate about what I do. I love this and I love, I love sharing the message. Yeah, yeah. And it's a great message too. The whole thing about sales is when you stop selling, you start making money. And um, I, I don't know how many times I've had that discussion with clients and try to show them that and you do it beautifully you, you know just exactly how to do it and you're teaching it which i think is great so thanks again and um we'll uh, we'll be in touch thank you sandy appreciate it if you want to talk with me about your journey to the top of the table contact me at sandychassellecom slash conversation i'll see you at the top